Hello, everybody. Josh Brown here, back for another great episode on Franchise Euphoria. Well, today's episode is brought to you by IndieFranchiseLaw.com, a leading resource in the franchise space to help you if you're considering buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise, or growing your business through a licensing or franchise structure. So go on, check it out, IndieFranchiseLaw.com. I think you'll find a lot of valuable and free information as you continue to kind of weigh franchising and licensing and the growth of your business. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thrilled to have on Roger Martin of... Rock Box Fitness. He's the chief commercial officer and co-founder of the franchise. And it's a fitness concept that combines martial arts, combat, as well as fitness moves all in one package. Roger has an interesting history. He comes from the pharmaceutical industry and served as uh, president for a leading contract manufacturer organization prior to getting involved uh, with this franchise in 2017. I think you'll find this interview with Roger to be very interesting. I certainly found it interesting to learn more about their concept, how they put their concept together, and how they've grown it over this relative short period of time, even during COVID-19 pandemic. Without further ado, hope you enjoy this interview with Roger Martin. Hello, Roger. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm thrilled to have you on. You've gone from the pharmaceutical industry right into the fitness franchise industry. It seems just like a natural progression. Well, you know, I, I traded my uh, Brooks Brothers suits and ties for uh, t-shirts and swishy pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so talk about that. How'd you go from that industry into fitness? Was it, was it just a passion of yours or was there a bigger plan along the way? Yeah, that's a great question. So for 25 years, I worked in the branded pharmaceutical business and also the uh, contract manufacturing space. And really, I thought that's where my career would be and end. But in my mid-40s, kind of had a pivot in thinking and realized that I was, I was truly passionate about health and fitness. Um, I've always been really passionate about combat sports and mixed martial arts. And to add into that stew, if you will, um, I've always loved light music. I, I'm When I was younger played in bands with live music. So music has always been a big part of my life and um, always had this dream to kind of put all that together. Didn't know how to do that. And fortunately, I I met uh, an amazing guy named Steve Halloran, uh, who's uh, the the co-founder of Rockbox, who had already started down that road uh, with a different brand, different name, but a very similar concept. And then we just tell you about that later, but you know, we kind of put everything on high rev and it went crazy with it. But um, yeah, I, I was the guy that uh, was on an airplane 40 weeks a year, you know, suit and tie, presenting in boardrooms and, and doing that and uh, built a great career, but literally dropped the mic and, you know, Elvis left the building and uh, became an entrepreneur in my mid to late 40s. And, and here we are. So did you grow up doing martial arts and doing, uh, you know, combat type training or, or what got you into that? Yeah. So um 50 years old now. So I think every kid of my generation, you know, was a Bruce Lee fan. Right. So I can still remember the first time I watched, Inter- yeah, Enter the Dragon. Like that changed my life. Right. In fact, I just watched something. I think it was on Netflix. Or it was like Be Water or something like that. That was a Bruce Lee story. It was fascinating. I literally just watched that maybe a month ago. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great documentary. So 
you know, I practiced martial arts really more in my 20s. And then again, in my early 40s, I started taking mixed martial arts uh, lessons. But I've always been a fan of boxing and remember watching boxing with my, my dad when I was younger, you know, back when it was on regular TV and not, not always pay-per-view. And then got into uh, just being a fan of mixed martial arts and the UFC and I've been to several of, of those live events and bought umpteen of the uh, pay-per-views because I just I love it. I love the, the sport of it. Um, but I didn't enjoy in my early 40s when I was actually taking and, and training in a mixed martial arts gym, I, I didn't enjoy getting punched in the face repeatedly by a 20-year-old kid. So uh, I think that uh, Rockbox <laughs> was a was a natural evolution for, for me to, to uh, kind of move out of going home you know, with bruises and bumps and cuts and, and, uh, but yet still get that same euphoric feeling from punching a bag and, and, and really pushing myself to the limit. So, you know, you said you met, or did you know the co-founder or how did, how did you meet the co-founder of Rockbox? I know you yeah, was yeah. doing it under a different name, but essentially you guys came together to create it. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. And I think, you know, we always hear that saying everything happens for a reason, but it, it's hard to believe it, it doesn't all happen for a reason because it, you know, it's just completely changed my life. Like, you know, I went down a completely different path and while I was still in corporate America, but really thinking about my, my next venture, which was going to be in fitness. Um, my daughter who at the time was, I think 16 or so was training with me at this mixed martial arts gym and her younger brother, who was about three years younger and really didn't want to do what quote unquote big sis was doing. He didn't want to kick or grapple or anything, but he did want to learn to box. He just wanted to learn how to box, you know, good Western style boxing, but not training at the same place where his sister was. So I called around. I, I, I um, we're based out of the uh, the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area, and uh, and I called around the area to find the best boxing instructor I could. And that gentleman turns out to be Steve Halloran, who's now my business partner. And Steve trained my son uh, for you know private lessons for for a short while. And every time I'd walk into Steve's studio was his, his, uh, it was, a, it was a fit boxing for fitness studio. It was a different brand name. It was called fast fit boxing back then, but he had branded bags, branded gloves, like a blue hue lighting. It looked like a national brand. And I remember asking him, you know, how many of these are there? And uh, he said, you know, just two, this one and the other one I own down in, in uh, central Charlotte, um, which I think is the biggest compliment you can pay an entrepreneur is to ask them how many units, you know, when there's only one or two. Yeah, because it looks like, because it looks like they have it together, right? I mean, they're punching above their weight a little bit, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah no, pun, no pun intended. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we started talking and, and he was really getting close to the point of wanting to franchise, but, you know, hadn't made that move or, or made, uh, honestly, the, the sizable investment that it takes to, to do that. You know, one meeting led to a drink after work to, uh, you know, a couple lunches, and then I think I remember it was a, it was like a pretty serious meeting in a coffee shop. Actually, I told Steve, I said, you know, I'm not interested in buying a franchise for me. What I'm interested in is building this into a national brand with you. I'm interested in becoming your, your business partner and investing, you know, sizably into this business and us together growing this and, and making this the next greatest thing in boutique fitness. Uh, I can see it. I mean, we can both see it. And, and you already started down that path. Um, and I remember, it's just a funny little story. He, I said, you know, after we had done that, we agreed to it. We hired uh, several outside consultants that I'd worked with in my past life uh, around, uh, you know, with marketing and, and creative design, uh, one out on the West Coast, one here in Charlotte. And I remember asking him early on into this venture, how married are you to the name Fast Fit Boxing? 
and Steve kind of laughed and sat back in his chair and he said, well, I'm not married to it at all, but I am married to the woman who thought of the name. <laughs> so his wife had, uh, had actually wow. named their business before. Yeah. And, and he said, but if that's what it takes to make this accessible to people all over the nation and to really grow this thing, uh, I'm open to anything. And really what that showed me was he was all in, right? And I was certainly all in, even though I had, you know, kind of called his baby ugly or said it could be, you know, we don't even know yet, but it could be, you know, he was open to that change. So from that point to where you really get a plan in place and you really start positioning this, you change the name, um, you, I imagine you start putting together the workouts, the proprietary information, you start looking at the market, identifying how you're going to differentiate or something. What, what kind of time frame did you do that in? I mean, was that years in the making or? Um, no, and that's a good question. Nothing at Rockbox is years in the making because that's the mentality. At least I left and, and kind of wanted to distance myself from in corporate America was, you know, okay, great. It's an idea. Well, let's form a committee to then discuss that. And then we'll kick that around and then we'll vote on that. Then we'll have another meeting to, you know, like that kind of that whole, you know, taking a project and making it into a yeah. higher seven year thing. And so Steve and I agreed to go into business together. I want to say February or March of 2017 by July of 2017, we had renamed the company had hired out the development of a website and it was a full custom site. It wasn't a template that they just changed. Like it was a full custom site, registered the trademark, had done you know everything you do when you're building a brand. And um, he rebadged and repainted and re-outfitted his entire, both of his existing studios. We built another studio um, in Huntersville, North Carolina, the affluent suburb of Charlotte, um, built that in, uh, and opened that, built that in August, signed the lease, I think the lease was effective August 1st and we opened that studio with a brand new concept and rolled it out on September 30th, 2017, 2017. Yeah. So, so about seven months later, after we agreed to go into business together, we had, we had launched our flagship store with, you know, all the color changing lighting, the uh, templatable workouts. And then every quarter, really, I wouldn't say every month, but every quarter since then, we've made a, a marked improvement to the process, to the workout from a, a user experience. Like, you know, you can get a good workout at any at any gym. It's it's what is the member experience? What is the actual experience for those 50 minutes, the, you know, those 60 minutes, that hour that the member spends with you out of their day? How do you make that special and differentiate that among all the other brands, but just among the other 23 hours in their day? And And so we've really honed the the pro the, you know the, the whole hour from the time the member walks in and they're greeted at the door by their first name all the way you know through this this experiential workout with color changing lighting and music that's pumping and the instructors are you know they're, they're rock stars i mean they, they they realize this is as much a performance as it is a workout uh, versus you know somebody kind of calling out a burpee or push-ups during a boot camp you know this is as we, we try to make this a rock, a rock concert on the hour, every hour. Right. And, and we borrowed some of that from spin classes and uh, I flew to New York and flew to London to kind of see what our competition qualifies our competition that we're more cutting edge in New York and London we're doing. And then we just took that and 10 X that. Did you guys always know that you were going to franchise? I mean, did, was that the goal going in when, when you became a part of it from day one, we'd always ask ourselves two questions when we were deciding on something that's from the time we involved in doing the brand analysis 
the market analysis was one, would this play in, in, in marquee cities like, you know, a down, a New York city, a Chicago, Miami, you know, a, a downtown Charlotte. And would it also play in the suburbs? You know, would this, would this work in the suburbs? And number two, is this scalable? So we've had a lot of ideas. A lot of them are, would be even embarrassing to share with you because, you know, uh, they made sense at 11 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. And by Wednesday afternoon, it was like, that's the worst idea ever. Why do we even think of that? You know, but we never roll it out. <laughs> that's also the good part about having a partner, right? I mean, you have somebody who's just as vested in it and you can bounce stuff off of. And so you can, in, in theory, if you're on the same page, you can, you can move a little bit faster. hundred percent. And we've even taken, you know, taken personality assessments around um, kind of how we process information and how we assemble information. And it's a great compliment. And so there is a third partner that has come into the fold and, and joined us, a guy named Jeff Dutton, who was uh, the founder of AdvantaClean. Um, he, he has since sold AdvantaClean. In fact, as he was exiting, um, we got introduced. And after he had, he had sold AdvantaClean, he, uh, he ended up joining as, a, as an equity partner in Rockbox and brings all the franchising experience. He had 240 plus franchisees at AdvantaClean and 10 years of experience doing that. So he brings a wealth of experience around franchising. And the reason that we welcomed him in as a partner wasn't from a, a capital need. It was from an expertise gap that we had around, you know, franchising specifically. So we had built this thing from the ground up franchising in mind only with franchising in mind. Like that's, that was our end all be all goal. And we started franchising January 2018. And uh, in the first year, we sold 22, 23 units, I think 23 units, um, just Steve and I did in the first year. And then, you know, Jeff came on in 2019. And, and uh, I think that's, that's tripled since then, you know, and slowed down a little bit with COVID as you would expect. Uh, but yeah, still. how's that been? I mean, well, first of all, before we dive into the COVID, because we, we got to talk about that. Fitness is a really crowded market. I mean, you know that and it, it it's funny, I've, I've had Oh gosh, I've been doing this podcast for over seven years, over 300 and some odd episodes. I've had tons of fitness concepts on and, you know, there's, they run the gamut. I mean, they run the gamut from traditional fitness to yoga, to spin, to cycling, to, I mean, you, you, you name it, it's there for a lot of people going into fitness. That would be something that would dissuade them, right? They'd say, okay, it's a, it's a, not only is it a crowded market, but people's tastes change, you know, and, and how are we going to build this out? I mean, when you guys looked at the market and you looked at how you were going to compete there, how did you guys decide you were going to do it? I mean, obviously you're different and then you do the mixed martial arts and the kickboxing combined with fitness. And, and was that the play? I mean, was that the idea that you're going to differentiate yourself on that specific thing? Yes. I think a twofold answer to that is, and, and full credit to Steve Heller, and he had already been doing that. So he had boxing, kickboxing on one side of the studio, and then the other side of the studio was functional fitness. So kettlebells, dumbbells, battle ropes, TRX, you know, resistance bands, everything, all the toys you can imagine, but not a bench press or leg press with three sets of 10. We're way beyond that. So it was always functional strength training in addition to boxing and kickboxing. You, you put those two together. So that, that he had, and, and the product itself hasn't changed a lot. Um, the way it's delivered has been changed a lot, but, but the actual product um, is very similar to what Steve had honed over several years. But you're, you're absolutely right. Like it's, it's hyper-competitive, but almost anything in this country that you can make money at is hyper-competitive, right? So <laughs> yeah. I think I look at it as 
Yeah, it's hyper competitive and man, there's a lot of me too products and coming from the pharmaceutical world, you know, that, that industry got a bad rap in, in some not fair ways, but it also got a bad rap in, in some ways that deserve because for so many years they, they came out with what were called me too drugs, you know, really no differentiation, still a branded drug at a high, high branded price. And, and you were differentiating on very little of anything, you know, color of my box is blue and there's this red. I mean, it was, there was really nothing to it. You know, what I saw with Rockbox and what we saw in this market is that there was white space. There was still white space. There were kickboxing gyms, of course. There were functional strength training boot camps. There's CrossFit, there's spin, but there really wasn't the combination that we have. And there was far from the combination that we have delivered in, you know, this rock and roll environment with stage lighting and, you know, these, these instructors that get that, uh, you know, they need to take these people out of their ordinary life for 60 minutes so that they can give them that escape and that gift to themselves um, before, you know, letting them walk out the door to go back into the real world, so to speak. It, it just, it didn't exist. Um, you saw it a little bit in spin. You saw it a little bit in spin, but, you know, the problem with spin is you're doing one thing, you're riding a bike. And the only thing you can do on that bike is ride the bike. So, yeah, which, you know, Peloton would argue with me in a $10 billion market cap that that's, you know, there's a lot of people that want to do that. I can't argue with that. But I think from, you mentioned it earlier, people, you know, they want different, they get bored. And that's the goal of Rockbox in this workout is to ensure that it is a different workout every single time, which it is the permutations of all the different toys, as we call them, the, the, you know, kettlebells, dumbbells, bands, all that stuff we talked about. And, you know, the fact that you can call, there's only six punches in boxing, but there's limitless combinations of those six punches. So, you know, we just make sure that it's a different workout physically for your body, yet we deliver it in a consistent manner. So, you know, each franchise is expected to deliver it in a consistent manner. We help them do that, but it's, it's still, it's like going to see live music. I mean, just because you've been to a concert doesn't mean you don't want to go to another concert, right? Well, and there's a whole lot of, I mean, most people incorporate some sort of fitness into their life and people come in and out of it and people like certain things and their interests change. But so my point is there's a huge market. I mean, there's a huge market yep. and that's why there's, there's so many folks. I mean, do, do you guys do it as a monthly membership or how, what's, what's the model for how if somebody joined? Yeah. So it, um, the dues are paid monthly, but we really are fans of a 12 month agreement, not only for the business economics, but the franchisee and, and just the stability of the cash flow around that, but also the commitment that the member is then making to themselves. Uh, if you know you can cancel at any time, there's no penalty. There's nothing that's, that's stopping you from doing that. Well, data shows they do, you know, and, and that doesn't serve the the member or the customer uh, because now they've started a program and they've failed another program. And, and that's the history of weight loss in this country. And so yeah. we really, we onboard people a little differently. We include nutritional guidance. We include accountability coaching where there's a certified personal trainer that's assigned to, to new members coming in that literally texts them multiple times a week, has one-on-one -on -one meetings with them in the studio, um, you know, checks on their nutrition plan. If they're on a weight loss program, we'll monitor their weight, record it in a private folder. Things you just don't expect, you know, in, in boutique fitness, because it's kind of once you're a member, you know, okay, well, here's the class schedule, come on in. And really what happens is people fall off during that first three to six weeks. That's when people, you know, they're really excited those first three weeks. You don't have to get them excited the first three weeks. They're excited themselves. It's after that second or third week that life gets busy and you know what? I'll work out next week. Well, I'll work out next month. Okay, I quit. And if we, you know, we have a real human being and, you know, the team of coaches within each studio 
who are proactively reaching out to these folks during their first six weeks to ensure that their onboarding is smooth, to ensure that their onboarding means something to them. And then they realize, wow, there's another human being that is holding me accountable and truly cares about me showing up to class and kind of asks where I was when I'm not. I mean, I think that's just, it's customer service 101, but holy smokes, the most people get that wrong. How are you dealing with COVID? I mean, I've got lots of fitness clients. I've got other, you know, yeah. and, and everybody seems to be dealing with it their own way. How are you guys as a franchisor dealing with, with COVID and the restrictions and, and making people feel comfortable coming in and getting their workout? That's the question of the day, right? So, you know, I, I wouldn't wish this pandemic upon any competitor, any, you know, any industry. I mean, it's, unless you're Amazon, you really, really haven't benefited from this. Um, it's, it's been a detriment for sure. But I think that the companies that are succeeding during COVID and, and Rockbox Fitness is, is definitely one. We're planting the seeds for success and for, you know, to, to weather a storm like this. Not that any of us saw this coming, but the seeds that were planted last year and, you know, watered every single month, every single week, that's what we're able to reap now and be able to continue to grow our businesses, albeit a different look and feel um, from how the workout is staged and the interaction between people and whatnot. But, you know, we, we measured how many members supported us. So if you look at the first two months of COVID, I call it Black Monday. That's the, we, we voluntarily closed every studio on March 16th and just made that decision because it was the right thing to do. And then shortly thereafter, states just started shutting everything down anyway. But we, we voluntarily closed all, all the studios or at least recommended that to the franchisees and almost everybody did. But if you look at the first two months after we did that, 82% of our members continued to pay their dues while we were closed. Now we pivoted to online, of course, you know, we built a digital portal in 72 hours, filmed an unbelievable amount of content, put a crazy amount of resources in this portal, um, gave every active member access to it immediately with their own password. Some real key contributors here didn't sleep for 72 hours. It was crazy, crazy. Red Bull and programming <laughs> nonstop, right? Because uh, it was the right thing to do. We had the basis of it, but we really wanted to make sure that when we gave it to the members, it was ready to go. And, and, and it was more than just, hey, here's a workout because you get that on YouTube. So this was much more involved. Um, and again, accountability, goal setting, all that kind of stuff. But I think it, it just speaks to the fact and this is something we say a lot. We say this a lot in, in, inside the walls at Rockbox headquarters. Members will quit on a membership. You know, a customer will quit a membership, you know, at the snap of the fingers, but they won't quit a relationship. It's a lot harder for them to quit a relationship. And if you don't build that relationship before the unthinkable happens, or even before there's just whatever that's not nearly as gargantuan as, as COVID has become, then your, your business is in trouble because it can't withstand that. And people will quit. They'll, they'll, they'll quit on the business. They'll quit on the, the idea of the business. They'll quit on you. But if you have a relationship with them, and if the people within those local businesses, those local franchisees have strong relationships that are genuine, that are authentic, people will support you. And, and, and they want to see you as a small business owner, come out and, and win, come out the other side of this this thing and win, win for you and, and then win for them by being open when this thing is over. So I think it's a testament to just how well Rockbox and Rockbox franchisees are servicing their members because a lot of clubs just turn the lights off, put everybody on freeze and said, okay, we'll just, we'll figure this thing out when, when the government tells us what to do. And that's not a shot at my competitors, but it kind of is, I guess, but, but it's more of a shot of, of the mind state. I think that a lot of people in the fitness business are in around, it's a binary thing. 
either we're open and we can service members or we're not. There are other ways you can service your member in a high value added, high service level, and then give them the choice. Of course, we gave members the choice. Every member was contacted through email and text and, and all the vehicles in which we can contact them. You know, do you want option A, which is uh, continue to pay your dues and take advantage of, of this online portal, have an accountability coach, we're including an additional nutrition, an entire nutrition plan in there and all the resources around that. Um, we'll be servicing you with live workouts, streaming workouts. Each individual studio would do Zoom workouts to just their members too, to keep that relationship going. Or do you want option B, we'll put you on freeze and when this settles down, you can come back. You know, 82% said, no, we're with you. Let's go. Turn on the portal. Let's rock. Well, that's great. I mean, that's that's really good for obviously the clubs that have the members. What do you guys do though with newer clubs that are just opening or clubs that you're selling right now? I mean, how are they getting members? I mean, that's always an interesting yeah. question. The fit in, in all of these, you know, I don't know if there's a good answer, but it just seems like you know, with all the unknowns, how, how are you guys dealing with that with your franchisees? Yeah, um, fair question. So the states that, because I don't want to oversell the success, I, we're, we have a lot of clubs that are thriving, truly thriving. But we also have clubs that are in states that Arizona is an example. Um, we have a, a franchisee in Scottsdale, Arizona, great franchisee. But, you know, Arizona was was late to close and early to open and then reclosed, right? which is really the worst thing for a business owner. I'd rather stay closed than open and have to close again, but that's what the local authorities and the governor chose. Um, and, and it's still, and they're still not open. They still cannot reopen yet in Maricopa County. At least they cannot, you know, of course she is not going to have great success in recruiting new members when by state mandate, everything is closed. We did some online and, and virtual sales, but I think that's not a market that we are yet ready to compete. You know, and that's a super crowded space, of course. Anybody with an Instagram account wants to be a trainer. So when we go into that space and we go into at home, it will be very, very, very well done and be inclusive of the franchisees and, and their members and all that. And so we've got a plan for that, but and a good one, quite frankly. But, you know, in those states that are still on 100% lockdown, yeah, of course, that's it's, it's very, very challenging uh, to recruit new members. Um, now, that being said, believe it or not, uh, California, which is on pretty much full lockdown, we have a franchisee in San Diego, and you know she's a real fighter, and and she pivoted to outside workouts. Now it's easier to do that in San Diego when it's 74 degrees every single day, versus you know Scottsdale where it's 115 degrees in August, right? Um, certainly, there's some some geographical advantages that uh, or climate advantages, I should say, that, that the San Diego franchisee has, but she pivoted outside and is actually signing new members for her outside workouts. And she runs them just like a class. Like there's a class schedule. They've fenced off an area of, of the parking lots. They have mats out like, like rubber, you know, mats out there. Um, so it's set up like an outdoor gym, like a Venice beach almost, um, but with boxing. And so, you know, they hold pads for people and, and do everything outside, have music out there and everything. And she's advertising, she's actively advertising and signing new members. Um, and so that's a way that, you know, our franchisees, because they're nimble, they'll, they'll pivot to do that. Is that ideal, I, you know, ideal state? Of course not. But it's, um, it's really what separates a business owner that's willing to do what it takes to win versus, you know, okay, I'll just wait and see what happens. And, and we'll just, we'll figure this out later. You know, so I'm super proud of our franchisees. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a tough time. I mean, there's no great answer, but you're right. I mean, you gotta, it, now's the time to get creative, everybody. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to yeah, get creative. Yeah. So, well, thanks so much for coming on, Roger. If uh, yeah. anybody wants to learn more, you can go to rockboxfitness.com. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, their YouTube channel. A really interesting concept. Uh, sounds like it's got some good traction, some good growth. And and we we'll certainly look forward to hearing how things go over the next year or two. Because, you know, everybody's kind of in this same boat. But at the end of the day, you know, as I like to tell people, people are still going to work out. and not everybody has the space in their house. Not everybody has the ability to do it outside. And so I think that, you know, people are going to find ways uh, to work out. We know that that's not going to change. So I think that the more creative people get combined with some luck and some opportunity, you know, that that seems to be the light on the horizon, you know, as far as I can tell uh, with, with a lot of these different franchise systems. Yeah. We certainly realized that, you know, the way we deliver our service in, in the studios is different. You know, you cannot rotate through stations. You're going to have train in place in a kind of a given eight by eight or 10 by 10 square with all the equipment there. We're not going to change back and forth between bags. Uh, you know, people will use hand sanitizer when they walk in. It's from here until whenever we'll be fogging the studio on a daily basis. Like there's just things that you have to do now as table stakes in this environment. Yeah. And make people aware of it, right? I mean, you got to, you got to put that out there and tell everybody, Hey, this is everything we're doing. Yeah, exactly. And I'll say the members and the new members, because in the, in the states that have reopened, quarantine was not a bad thing for our business because people came out of quarantine with some extra weight on. So they definitely are looking to get that weight off. And you know, that's the first question that we answer before they even ask is, let me share with you what we're doing, you know, in light of the current situation and what we want to do to keep you safe. And, and then we just kind of walk through how the how the programming has changed and and uh, the flow of people, the just the cleaning procedures and all of that. And you can just almost see the sigh of relief, like, okay, they're, they're on this. They care about my safety. And I think that's going to be, you know, when people talk about the new norm, new normal. I think, you know, just sanitization and, and taking care of, uh, of the stuff that Jim should have been doing all along, but maybe not have been, um, you know, but, but really highlighting that. And as you said, bring that to the forefront to make people aware. That's now part of the conversation and probably will be for quite some time. Well, thanks again so much and best of luck to you in the future. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It really helps to get this podcast out to more and more people. So the easy way to do it is go to iTunes and in the search box, put in Franchise Euphoria. You will then see my cover art and you click on my smiling face that says Franchise Euphoria and then click on the link that says ratings and reviews. It's that simple, but boy, oh boy, does it mean the world to me when people leave ratings and reviews. And like I said, it really helps get the show out there. Once again, would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of the show. And until the next time, happy franchising.